The Weekly Dish podcast is presented by Common Ground Minnesota. Food and farming conversations from Minnesota women in agriculture. Learn more at commongroundminnesota.com or follow them on Instagram at commongroundminn. Hey, everybody, it's Steph March for Common Ground Minnesota. Listen, food brings out the passion in people, so let's talk about food together. Common Ground Minnesota is an online resource for you to do that, and it's 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 run by volunteer women farmers from Minnesota of all walks. We're talking big farms, small farms. We're talking dairy. We're talking produce. These women in agriculture are growing and raising the food that we all eat. We love to have a chat with them about what it, what it means to be sustainable and what does it mean when they're using pesticides and why are they doing it. All of this is available at Common Ground Minnesota website. It's commongroundminnesota.com. And then on that new website, you guys, there are videos, there's you know FAQs, there's topics, there's a great blog, all sorts of things, and recipes. And farm dogs, too, by the way. So there you go. Commongroundminnesota.com is your great resource for everything food and families and farms. Don't forget, check them out on Instagram at commongroundminn. One time is it. Welcome to the Weekly Dish on My Talk 107.1. I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And we are here to talk about all the fun things that are food and frivolity, re- frivolity related. The frivolousness of all the food. It's been a crazy, I just have to say that I have like eaten out more this week than I've eaten out in like months, I feel like. That's how I was last week. Yeah. But this week I was a little more restrained. Were you? Yes, I did finally make it to the revival in St. Louis Park. Oh, you did? You were like blocks from my house. You oh, didn't come I say hi? maybe. Yeah. yeah. No, it's probably going to be like this winter that I come and see you. Okay. Why? <laughs> just because I'm never home. Oh, I know. That's honestly why. I mean, it's just you're never around because you're always be up like, north. Okay, here I am. Yep. And then I got like, uh, we're going to Malcolm Yards today to take mm-hmm. a tour with our friend Molly. And I was like, oh, everyone and their mother has been through that space, but I wasn't even invited. <laughs> and I was having total FOMO. But then I was like, well, pe- I'm never home. You're People not just home. assume I'm never home. It's so. really hard to schedule things I with know. you. This is I why know. you I and I... I want to be invited, though, I know. Record. It's just that I'm very aware of the realities of it. And you and I tried to go see a friend together. And it was like, I just gave... I was like, there's no way this is going to happen. There's no way. Because you're like, what about this day? What about this day? What about this day? I'm I like, know. Nope. I have a very narrow window. Yeah, I you have like... tomorrow a- morning at 9 a.m. if you want to join me. No, I already saw him. So, yeah, I already got my visit in, so we're good. But it was, uh, but that's hard thing. I know, and we are, and I kind of thought, like, we weren't going to get back to this. Like, it wasn't going to get back to, like, crazy schedules and stuff. And I think maybe I have dialed down a little bit, you know? I for sure have. But, yeah. But I'm also, I mean, I don't know if I dialed down because the cookbook that I'm writing and the garden that I've got to, like, get the produce and cook stuff with it. Yeah. So, I don't know. You've got other priorities, and that's okay. Yeah. 
and it's going to be fine. Yeah, it's all good. I know there was a lot of people at the Malcolm Yard singing. I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about that because I did have a couple questions from people I saw there um, about things. And so we're going to talk a little yeah. bit about food halls and we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, and we have a great show. We're going to talk also to Gavin Case and he's going to come on later in the show. I wanted to talk about the Synergy series, which he's got going on again, um, just about like why bring it back and, you know, yeah. really kind of dig into like bringing these guys back to town and kind of what he is thinking and his vision for it. So it's a lot of good stuff. And you have a lot of cooking that you've done. So you're going to talk about that. I did. It's sort of like zucchini, but do. Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> we started something. We started talking about zucchini last week. Yeah. And it has sort of rolled into this week. And I should have brought zucchini for you. That was very rude that I didn't because I'm sitting on like 25 I don't 25 even zucchinis. ever think about it, that you're going to bring me stuff anymore. Even though you said like the Jim Bean cans, like those are, the, you oh, know, those, those are things. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah. Like I okay. just kind of feel like I don't worry. I don't I did bring a, worry about it. I made a cake, a coffee cake for you the other day. True, you did. But I really had to make it for the cookbook anyway. Yeah, so I know that as well. Yep, totally know that. <laughs> um Hey, I did put a question on the Twitters, or I'm sorry, the Facebooks, because I thought it was, I saw it on Twitter, and I thought it was really funny, and I thought it was so, like, us, all of us, that I had to ask it. So the question is, uh, what was a container that your family never threw away, but used again for other things? Like, Folgers coffee can full of, like, screws and things in the garage, though, but then, like, for me, it was also, I thought about the Kemp's ice cream bucket, the big pail. Yep. I had, like, my Legos were always in Kemp's ice cream pails so that you could just carry them wherever you need to go. That's a good question. I know! Kurt and my mom had like they've had, they had like actually it's funny because today is the anniversary that my mom died. Oh. So she's really on my mind. Yeah. And my mom was sort of a hoarder and the kitchen was sort of her domain so that was where the hoard became kind of apparent. So Cool Whip containers. Cool Whip is so far like the number one answer. Everyone is like Cool Whip containers! Those little Kemp's um uh sherbet pints yes like she just had all of that and never threw anything away yeah so we went to our house and we were helping to paint it and my mom was also a smoker and a heavy yeah. grease cooker right. so right. if you can imagine the kitchen once we got it like all ready to paint it was just yellow like the walls yeah. and stuff so kurt grabbed a cool whip container out of the off the counter because everything was stacked and went to put some paint in there to do some trim and my mom freaked out that he was using a Cool Whip container for paint. Right. Like, that is a food container. That is a food that container. Not, that's like, not what that's for. Even though out. it's not even. And there's 50 of them yeah. sitting on the counter. Yeah. So he was just like, whoa. Like, right. your mom, I don't know. How about <laughs> those cookie it. tins, too? Did you ever? The blue ones? The dance, yeah. Yes, the dance blue yes, cookie yes. tins. Those, I've seen those. I actually went to, when I was at Matt Kenevin's, we were in, you know, doing the log cutting on my yeah. birthday. And I was in his woodshed garage thing. And I was like, oh my God, this feels like every man's garage I've ever seen. And it's like dance cookie tins with like stuff in it. Yeah. You know, just my ex father in law always had just stuff in cookie tins, you know, yeah. those blue ones. So. I, asked, I asked Kurt, I was like, maybe you should at least put these in mason jars so you can see what's in them. Yeah. Because he's got the coffee cans. Yeah, no, my uh, my ex-husband had them in um, spice containers, like commercial spice containers. Sure. You know, from actual commercial kitchens, and you can see through those. They're yeah. plastic, but you can see through them, and that was always like, at least it's never going to break when you drop it a yeah. million times. So. so funny. I know. So that's on the uh, that's on the Facebooks, and I think it's just a funny, I would love to see how many more cool containers we get, because it's. I feel like that's a huge thing. Do you save, like, 
um, twist ties and like when you buy a, a get a thing of scallions and there's a little blue rubber band. Like, do you save all that stuff? So I save rubber bands. I don't save twist ties and I don't save those little like the plastic, plastic yeah, like U shape things from a, um, like a hot dog package. Yeah, no, I don't save those. Or... Those are the those are the I take those off and throw them right away. I hate them. Yeah. I don't know why, but I just get rid of those and then I do the twist and tuck. But um, I think that uh, the rubber bands are the thing that hang around one of my cupboards, like usually the sink cupboard. And it used to be like, God, we have so many rubber bands. We don't need them. But then we use them for like chip bags. You know what I mean? Like yep. when you have a chip bag open and we rubber band things. I use them for herbs and then I put them in water. Yeah. Because that's sort of how you preserve things. And it's funny. I get annoyed at the cabin because there's little dribs and drabs of all this stuff because of my mother-in-law. We spend the summer together basically. And I'm like, oh, God, another twist tie. You know, like, like a twist tie, though? She, she saves like the a twist tie? black bag of all the little odds and endy things. Yes. Oh. And I'm always annoyed. Does she pull it out to use it? This is my other question. No, but I do. Oh, and then I, I'm it. like, Got oh, it. I'm terrible. Like, yeah. I've just judged her for saving all this stuff. And then here I am digging through trying to find something. And yeah. here it is. And here it is. Yeah, I don't, I, we, I don't have a lot of, uh, I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, I wonder what I do. Because I was totally thinking about my own childhood. And now I'm like, do are there things that I... Because I'm mostly plastic bags. I tend to... Because they, they fit easier in the fridge than like containers do. Yeah, we have a... We use a lot of plastic bags. And I was, that was, I was just thinking about that because I, again, at the cabin, I had a day without my mother-in-law. And yeah. I was like cleaning out all of the stuff that's accumulated. And there was a giant bag of plastic bags. And I was like, oh, I hate plastic bags. I'm bags of, throw them bags away. of plastic bags are a thing. And then Kurt was like, wait... We need those for the garden. Like they're super good to harvest the peas and the lettuce and then you can just wash it later. And so I was like, fine. Okay. So we took the bags back out. Yeah. The, um, I'm realizing now that I'm thinking about it, I take those, the little shreddy parm, you know, the little Uh half tubs and that's, I save those, but I I don't save anything else. What about the pints for yogurt? Cause those make for great, like for freezing stock. I don't. That's interesting. You know what? I don't buy pints. Yeah, we That's do. That's why. Because I buy them all small. Yep. And then I don't... Yeah, because I always want different things. But you're right. And then I don't... But you're right. For stock, I am always want mine clear. How about this one? Milk containers for... Um, my mother-in-law cuts them in half and makes like <laughs> funnels. Okay? No. I don't, but I don't buy milk. I mean, we stopped drinking milk a hundred years ago. I gardeners like. too, you can cut yep, those they like scoop in them. half, and they you make scoops. Or winter gardening, where you put the plant in there and you leave it in the plastic tub all winter long as a way to like preserve it, yeah, just like you would in the ground. But yeah, no, it's true. There's a lot. I did when I moved. You guys, I recycled like, I mean, I must have recycled like ten cookie tins. From gifts for Christmas and things like that. Oh darn! I they they only sit in my they sat in my basement for four years. That is a tip if you're doing like a cookie exchange. You never buy tins. You go to the Goodwill. Go or to Arcs good- because they're usually rife with them. Oh my god! I just well, I mean that's buying a tin though. I mean like I think like I, the thing is like that's the thing is then they leave it 
they give it to you. And then I'm like, that's going back to Goodwill. I just can't have any more of those. <laughs> like I get the big things of poppycock filled with things, you know, that like those big giant tins. Oh, I've never known that they came in big giant tins. Yeah. I always get the bag of poppycock because I don't trust myself with a tin of anything that's popcorn related. I know. That's you true. Know, it's a diverticulitis. It is nightmare. a diverticulitis situation. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, we've got a great show. We're going to talk about food halls in just a minute. Um, and uh, stick with us because we've got a lot of really good fun stuff coming today. So stay with us. We are the Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071, brought to you by Hornitos. And Knob Creek. And Knob Creek, Knob why Creek not? Too. If you're thinking of buying a house this year but have been deterred by the crazy market, this is Stephanie Hansen from The Weekly Dish. And not only did I buy a house with Carrie and Sue from Lake Area Realty, but Ellie is too. Ellie is a first-time home buyer who was previously looking for a condo when she spotted a cute little bungalow in West St. Paul. I told her to call Carrie and Sue with Lake Area Realty. Ellie was impressed with how easy Carrie made the process. She looked at the home twice in one day and had an offer in the hands of the seller by the end of that night. Carrie and Sue will work with you to help you find the perfect house. They know the tricks of the trade so that you can get the home you choose without necessarily paying the highest price or overpaying. With mortgage rates being at historic lows, people are qualifying for higher priced homes but with lower payments. Ellie is a first-time home buyer and the mortgage lender found a first-time buyer program that is able to keep her monthly payments about the same as a one-bedroom apartment, but instead, she's building equity in her first home. Find Carrie Elks C-A-R-R-I-E and Sue Durfee at CarrieAndSue.com at Lakes Area Realty if you're buying or selling a home. Now's a great time to buy. Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish on this fine, foggy Saturday. I do have to say, the hazy stuff has been making me crave barbecue. I know that's wrong. I know that's weird. But like the smell of smokiness in the air, I want ribs. I'm getting kind of over it. I, Are you? In Ely, I think it's so bad. It's way worse up north. I do it's know just that. It's so bad. But it, it's like, like a blackout up there almost. You can't you think, even see the sun. No, and it was, well, I mean, St. Cloud, they've talked about how the AQI, the air quality index at St. Cloud has been like like 420, which it's normally like supposed to be 60 or something like that. Yeah, These it's numbers are bad. random. And you can't, like, Kurt... You know, he's supposed to be going on this big bike trip. and Yeah, no, I'm not making fun of it. I for sure know it's very serious. But I have to tell you that I smell things and I'm thinking, should we go buy some ribs? You know, I, you know what? It, I, I Because I'm always so paranoid about fire. Yeah. And in Ely on the island in True. particular, because it's that's a really bad thing if it happens. I just like feel like I wake up in the middle of the night in a perpetual state of panic that something's burning. That is that is a tough one. In fact, I kept my windows shut. You know, during the during like the last couple of days because of it, I did open them last night and it was marvelous. But um, I do that specifically because I know I will wake up and go, oh, yeah. Like, did you leave oh the oven? It's just this, this fear. <laughs> I don't know. Did you leave the oven on? Yeah. What's burning? Is something burning? Yeah. Is the house burning? Yeah, it all lives Is toast really burning? close to yes. the center, to the surface, <laughs> enough to jolt you awake. I had anyway. I wonder if non-cooking people <laughs> feel like that. I don't know. I sure they do. They just have different things. It's like. You know, did I hit reply all? Yeah. <laughs> the anxiety. Should I check that again? I don't know. Did I? Did I close the garage door really? is one that can give Kurt nightmares. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, okay. So listen up. I, we, uh, like we said, we're going to go hang out at Malcolm Yards, which is officially open. They sneaky, sneaky opened because they were doing friends and family last week. And then they were not going to open until this coming Wednesday, I believe. And so I was kind of prepared not to 
really talk about it. But then they opened. So I thought that was going to be, that's kind of fun. And I, I wanted to sort of talk to you guys about it because it's really, after how many years since I think 2017 is when Patty Wall was beginning to talk about it with me. Yeah, like pre, a long time. Pre-Super Bowl. I remember her thinking like, well, maybe I can get it over my Super Bowl. No. And I'm like, oh my God, it's four years later. But I love the fact that they did it. They took their time and they did it and they, and it's really great. And it's, it's a, it's, I think it's better than what I was expecting. And I think it's a lot of fun, but I did want to talk a little bit about how it's set up and everything else. So, you know, when you think food hall and are you specifically, I'm wondering about like, when you say food hall, do Mm -hmm. you have an idea of whether that's like a market or a food or like just restaurant-y stuff? That kind of stuff. My you know perception I mean? and my perception and what I want mm-hmm. are I want food stalls where I can buy maker products. I also want food stalls where I can buy things that are fast, casual, and quick, like egg rolls or cotton candy or popcorn or that kind of stuff. And then um, I want a place where I can walk around with a beverage, prefer- preferably a beer or a cider or something. And then I want there to be seating where I can enjoy my things to eat. Okay. I'm sort of like, I don't care about the buying of the food. I mean, like that to me is a market that is like, and they call this Malcolm Yard's market. And so there's maybe the, we'll get to that place, but I'm fine for it to just be placed. Like it's almost like a food court in that way. You know what I Why mean? Why don't they call it a food court? I don't know. Then? Well, I think just because it is a building, it's like a specific building and a food court tends to be a place within another operation. You know what I mean? A food court is in yeah, the mall yeah, yeah. or in an office center yep. is part of like it's an amenity to a complex and this is its own thing. So I get that. Um, but I do think that it's it was I thought it was really especially for the area it's in next to Surly Brewing, next to O'Shaughnessy Distillery, right by the U of M, right off the trail, you know, that that transit trail that all the kids ride their bikes on. Um there's I, the Wikipedia definition just that's interesting. A food hall? A food hall is a large standalone location or department store section where food and drinks are sold. Now, that's Wikipedia. Well, it's and not- food hall in Europe is has been different because it's a department store thing. It's more like a food court than there, but they use that hall as their definition, and then we sort of took it. But the thing is, I think I think food halls are really, truly... I mean, I think there have been more food halls that have opened now, you know, in and since the pandemic that have actually people were questioning whether or not they people would want to come into a place and and be with that many people ever again. And of course we do. We actually do. Mm-hmm. And it's actually quicker and easier. And with the labor shortages and with the issues with that, this is probably the most efficient system. So and what's important to know is it isn't, you know, it's not like it isn't like a food court mall thing because it isn't like the mall at the mall of america where you go up to panda express or you go to johnny rockets but it feels a little bit like it here's the difference that i think is really key you walk in there's an information desk you know right at the door and you give them your credit card or you swipe or you can give them cash too and they'll load up what is a cue card and they basically give you that card and then you walk around and you give it to the different vendors and they swipe they swipe it for whatever you order. So you can go over to the pizza place and swipe and then you can your friend and then you can walk over and get a shake at the burger place and swipe. And then you get a text. They'll take your phone number and then you get a text message that says when your stuff is ready. 
And so then you go back up to that counter. So then you find your seat and everything else. You get back up to the counter. And then at the end of the night, when you're done eating, so like then we could be sitting, I was like, you know what? Maybe I want a beer. So then I'm going to go to the tap wall, self-service. You use your card, you pour yourself a beer, or you go to the cocktail place and they'll pour you a cocktail. Um, and then at the end of the night, you throw your card into a big bucket and then it just charges you automatically. I like it. I do too. It, I liked this when I went to the lab in St. Paul. Similar, like you can, this, the lab's concept, and it maybe has changed since pandemic because I was there before the pandemic started, but you know, you could pick different beers that people were testing. Yeah. And I mean, there's self-serve tap walls all mm-hmm. over the city at this point. You know, first draft is an entire restaurant in the North Loop like that. Um, there's 156 something. I think I make a distinction though between a full service restaurant tap wall. Like, I don't know. What, which one? Uh, I don't know. I've never been. So are they like a full service restaurant that has a tap wall? Who? Any of oh, the other places? No. Uh-uh. Okay, it's the same it's thing. It's sort all of fast casual. Service. Great. Yep. Okay, everything perfect. that is, I feel like everything that has a tap wall is a fast casual. We're or probably going to see tons more of this. We are. And this is the point is like, this is sort of like the tap wall thing. There's that place. Uh, there's another place in uh, Kingfield neighborhood. First tap, I think, or something like that. There's first draft in Northup, and then this one was something else. But it was um, a lot of people were poo-pooing it because it was kind of a smaller place. It was a burger joint, and they were feeling like it was like robots. You know what I mean? Like you don't really feel like. And I think in a smaller venue where it's like it feels weirder than when you're at a big giant food hall and you're a big, you know, an open place, and you can all just walk up and do your beer and yep. go find somewhere else to sit. I think there's a difference there. I think you're not looking for that sort of personalized service in bigger spaces. And I think that helps. Um, but here's the other thing. There's no tipping because does it say, though, like, sorry, Revival, I loved your food and I had a great experience and I had great service, but I did not like that there was the 20 percent service fee, I but it's not that. a tip or a gratuity. They have to say that. OK, but then the bill comes and there's no line yes, for tips. So right. I'm like, OK, at least you have the I, I find that better um ethics to not have a tip line yes. when you say yep but then i still had really great service and so i threw a 10 down and that was the end of but it but isn't that fine yeah but it still felt confusing and well, like i had to like is, is this going to the guy then or will he split it with the other woman well, who helped serve us quite honestly you just said the food was great why it only, was why are you only tipping the server why aren't you tipping the kitchen then the food was great the, the server didn't make the food good point so that's, so the tipping thing, that's why I'm saying we have to break this model that like you had a great night. It wasn't just because of your server. hundred percent right. And and we've been trained to think that that's what it is. And that's because they're smiling at us in the human interaction. And I get that. But I had a long talk with, I've been sitting, I sat at the revival bar. <laughs> I was there at three o'clock and I was the first one there. So I would just want to say. <laughs> that jazzy bell is waiting for you. Yeah, no, I've been drinking all the things, all the other things. But Dante, who is the bar manager there, is a really great guy. And so we just kind of sit and chatted. And Jesse Held, by the way, is bartending there. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. That's my thing. I love it. Okay, well, we're wrapping up on the food halls. Anyway, the point is, is that I think it's a great streamlined experience. You can get a lot of different kinds of food. And I think that you should give it a shot. I'm, I'm going to today. I, I'm up for it. There you go. So we're going to take a quick break, you guys. And we're going to come back with some other stuff. I have no idea. <laughs> we'll be right back.
Hello, Weekly Disher. Spring has sprung, and that means the best-tasting wild-caught seafood is available from Sitka Salmon. You may have heard us talk about Sitka Salmon before on the show, and that's because we are huge fans. Sitka Salmon standards for quality are unrivaled in the industry because, you see, Sitka Salmon is a community-supported fishery. The fish they process for you to eat are caught by a collective of small boat fishermen, fisherwomen, and families. Some of these families have been fishing for multiple generations. And knowing the boat your fish comes from is not typical of most fish you buy. When you buy a Sitka salmon share, you're getting the freshest quality fish you can, and you can trace the fish back to its source. With your share, you're part of the Sitka family, and you get monthly fish shipments of salmon, lingcod, crab, tuna, halibut, and you get the freshest fish while it's in season. They eat even have recipes, but I've been steaming my cod in my Instant Pot. The fish is so delicious, you don't even need to do much to serve it other than cook it and eat it. So Weekly Dishers, here is how you get your $25 discount for the first month of a premium Sitka Salmon Share. Type SitkaSalmonShares.com backslash Weekly Dish and you save $25. So save $25 on your box. Again, type Sitka, S-I-T-K-A, SalmonShares.com backslash Weekly Dish and you save $25. Well, I've got a lot of what we would like to call and Rachel Rachel's our new producer, and I probably should have warned her, so we won't do it this time. But sometimes I just do little dribs and drabs of food news or food things that I'm thinking about. There's and a sounder for it, Rachel, but there it's is not a sounder, important. But I didn't put it in the grid, <laughs> so you don't have to play yeah, it. Yeah, because we don't never know when they're coming up. No. It's not a regular thing. And this is just a really random segment, so just buckle in, friends. Okay. This whole week, I've been working on the cookbook, and I have... Finished. I finished my last recipe a couple of nights ago at like 1030 and I'm alone because Kurt's in the bedroom and I'm like, okay, I'm done with the recipes. Now that does not mean I'm done with the book because I still have stories. There's a lot. All the blurbs and the photos to finish and the assembly, but neither here nor there. The recipes are done. Okay. So I was like thinking about recipes and I was thinking about the whole writing of the cookbook. And during this time, my husband is helping me with the main story parts because he's a writer. And during this time, actually, I guess it was a week ago, maybe my husband got a offer and he is publishing his book that mm-hmm. he's written about Ellie's journey in the Thalon River canoeing. Yes. And it's a fiction book based on some of her stories. And so Ellie is a co-writer on the book. So all of a sudden, my whole family are going to be authors, which is a very weird thing. Yeah. What's interesting about it is like what you do then, what the next part is. So there's the writing of the book. There's the photography of the book. Kurt got his document of like, okay, these are the things that you should be thinking about before we start to get to the final edit. And it's like social media, creating an author profile on Goodreads, creating an author profile on Amazon.com. Like basically, and no offense if you're a publisher listening, but the olden days of a publisher doing all these things for you and you having like a publicist and is gone. Oh, yeah, that doesn't exist. All that they do really is give you some upfront money, which is not a lot. And then they agree but it's also to not, print your it's book. It's not like $25. Let's be clear. It's not a lot, but no, it's not, but it's not 5000 either. Yeah. It's somewhere in between there. Yeah. And for, I mean, literally, I don't know anyone that's written a book where maybe Stephen King, but it hasn't taken at least a year. That's kind of the timeline. Yeah. So it's just all of a sudden you have all the effort of the recipes are done and then like the photographs. Now, if you're a fiction writer, you have to photograph, but photographing a book of recipes 
is a ginormous task because yeah. you have to make all the stuff. And then there's the recipe testing too, which I'm just going to say it. I haven't tested all my recipes cause they're mine. So I've made them all over through the course of my life, but I haven't gone through and officially recipe tested everything. By the time I get done, I probably will have done 70 to 80% because I make it to photograph it. Right. And sometimes when I make it, like there's something that I feel like, ooh, this needs a little more of this or a little more of that. Salt is always the thing that I'm, I love salt. I eat a ton of salt. So I always feel like I salt things too much for other people. So I'm almost being too cautious about the salt, which is neither here nor there. Did they quickly sidebar, did they give you a, like a template for how you're supposed to write your recipe? No. Or, and do they say like, cause like, do you have to give like one quarter teaspoon salt or can you just say add salt? I think if, no, they did they not. Didn't. Okay. And I'm just wondering if, did they have any guidelines? Cause these are no. publishers, if they had like sort of a, a no. way of doing it. Okay. Nope. And then I think about it from a perspective of a recipe person. Like the one thing they did tell me was you need to have like, this makes four. I okay. was like, Oh, I, serving sizes. Yeah. And like, what's a serving size? I'm sorry. I'm a big person. A serving <laughs> size for me. This is I bought, always a hard one. Yeah. I got that meal kit from food building that they said served oh, like I'm, and two I get, to three and I ate the entire thing myself. And this is where I have a problem too, because then I'm like, cause then I'm like, well, I always have to get more because I have giant human. And then I think, that's never going to feed. But when they sometimes I've gotten these kits and they're like, well, serves four. And I'm like, well, that'll probably be fine for like the two of us. And it's like still not enough. Yeah. I'm like, well, there's your dinner. I'll go make myself a sandwich. Well, and when you cook, you had a large family. I came from yeah. a large family. Yeah. I only had Kurt and Ellie, but I still cook for six because that's what or how I grew up. And that's sure. just I'm, how we did it. I don't know. Yeah. And I free. That's why I freeze everything and have a freezing problem. But yeah. It's just really interesting going through this whole process. And I just thought I would share it with you because we have spent a lot of time thinking and talking about it. Here's another one. Okay, so Facebook. Yeah. And just social media in general. My husband has a page that is his personal page that people from his high school follow and whatever. Well, then he had we created an author page. Well, he's so stressed out about the idea that he has to be like posting on these things is because he's never done it. He's only like commented on someone's picture of their kid sure, or sure. And so then you think about, well, do you need that? How do you use it? How do you want to communicate with your followers? And he's like, well, I don't have followers. He's like, I'm not like you. I'm like, yeah, but you don't need to be like me in the follower perspective. And what is a follower anyway? Like, on my Stephanie Hansen Facebook page is mostly people that listen to the radio station and people that I've interacted with in jobs or high school or whatever. So I started Stephanie's Dish so that if you really wanted more of the food stuff, that's where you go. But occasionally I still share something about food on Stephanie. It's just, it's all... But it's weird. You- it's weird to me to think about fiction because there's not much more you can do other than like give the book. And then you're like, and then what? Like, oh, well, you know what I mean? Like, ser- like we're very service oriented. I'm a service journalist, you know, and, and so like I'm all about like giving tips and helping out and, you know, doing that stuff and thinking about a, like a fiction writer. How much more do you have other than here's my story? Well, and here, think about this. Instagram is driving a massive amount of book sales. Is it? And what is Instagram? Well, it's a video platform, but prior to that, it was a photography platform. It's a it's a picture platform. So right. here you have this book, 
It's what? funny that you say it's video first. I'm still fighting against the fact well, that it's video first. Well, I am first. too, Stephanie, but I've watched a ton of tutorials about how to be relevant they on Instagram. They want to be, but so. I don't think that that's... I, and I don't watch videos on Instagram. I don't. I do. I watch reels sometimes, I but really, they're not the my The minute favorite. you start going into reels, I, I move past. I don't have time to sit and watch Okay, I still do Instagram TV. No one does that, but nope, that's where I post a lot of stuff. But so he's like, Instagram, I'm like, yeah, Reese Witherspoon is not going to find your book, Kurt, if you are not doing Instagram. Like, come on, we've got to do Instagram. It it has just been a really interesting process. God, he's got to really start looking at some of the other authors and how they do Instagram, you know, I think, or how they're doing social promotions. Okay, but they're women. A lot of the latest, greatest, most prolific writers that have been most successful are women. Now, here's the other weird part that's happening, not happening to me, but happening to him, is there's a movie rights and a TV person that's reviewing the book right now. So that means that he could sell the book again for movie or TV. Right. He could also sell the book a third time for audiobook. Now, the original publisher gets a piece of all these things, but... They're individual transactions because individual people are specialties in those areas. Right. There's rights and all that stuff. Yeah. So, okay. Now, someone, this is a pretty, this is a legit person that's reading the book in her Montana cabin for a potential movie or TV deal. Yeah. Let's just say he gets that. Yeah. Well, now, Instagram, Facebook, like you're talking about a movie, you're talking about actors, actresses, like, it just feels like, wow. wow, that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. Because he's like, I'm never going to get a thousand followers on my Facebook. I'm like, well, you okay, might. But let's be clear on something. He has not published the book yet. Like, exactly. This is the whole thing. Is like, But they want you to have all no, the social lead up. I know. And that's and that's there's part of this. But it's like once he gets the book out there, then then there's content for me. Then, you know what I mean? As far but as by like, then it's too late in a lot of respects, because so that's the other interesting thing. Okay, his book will literally be in hardcover May of 22, yeah. so next summer. And as you guys know, listening to the show, like summer is a big time for the cooking piece of what I do and of the garden and the cabin and all of that piece. That is a Memorial Day to Labor Day proposition. Once that time period ends, that cabin is closed and it's till next sure. year. Bye. So they're telling him like, you know, you don't realize how many speaking engagements happen at bookstores, at libraries, yes. at so he's going to, in effect, be like on this book tour about this canoeing book throughout the summer with L.A. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, we're going to have like the family van. <laughs> like we're going to because we have a queen size bed in our van. But there is a place like a walkway that we could get a memory foam mattress cut and yeah. have a third person lay there. Yeah. And step over them to go to the bathroom. And Kurt's like. Ellie's not going to go on a van. I'm like, yes, she is. We're going to be in the family van. And I'm going to be like supporting you guys. And then my book comes out in October. Like, is After there, that. is there, yeah, a book? I don't know. Do people do book tours for cookbooks? Like Beth Dooley some, does some. Yeah, I mean, you you have, but do you have to set that up? Like you have to set up or you, you go. You have to set up so much yeah. of it. It's, and again, this is no dig on my publisher because we haven't gotten to that part yet, but I'm just going with his experience. Mm-hmm. Like he met with his mentor from the loft who he has worked with, who he took a class. And for the guy that's the teacher, this is his first student that's had like a national publishing deal. So he's like, I will help you. And so they met for beers and he was like, these are the bookstores you need to contact. These are the people that you need to make sure get a galley. And I'm like, wait, 
we have to do that? And I'm like, okay, like, I guess I'm the publicist to help you guys. Cause he's like, yep. he, you know, and yeah. I, the social media piece, I do kind of know, Yeah, but it's very interesting. I know it is. It is definitely a, di- I mean, like that's a different world that everything's a different world with that, you know, with like social media, it totally changed everything. And here's also, this is the most vulnerable thing I will say. I got done. It's 1030. And I'm like, oh my God, who's even going to read this thing? Who's going <laughs> to care? Are the recipes even going to be good? Like, are some of these dated? Are some of these like things, are they too hard? Like who's going to want to make, like I have a lot of lamb. Does anybody even like lamb? Like I don't have, like when you think of a cabin cookbook and it's jello cake with poke, po- poke holes and I don't really cook like that. And you know, I just started like going through all the self doubt and I didn't put the apple dumpling recipe in there because it's Mountain Dew and croissants, crescent rolls and apples. Yeah. But it's like the number one recipe that people have wanted from me over the past 10 years. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's book worthy. Like, and those then are I was like things. thinking like you because yeah. I was like Stephanie March would disdain if she opened a cookbook and there that was. Well, so but then I'm like, who am I writing the cookbook? Am I writing it for you or am I writing it for me or writing it for because we're not the same? No. And yet, I don't, it's not a pamphlet. It's not a three ring binder plastic church cookbook either. I think the and big thing for you is. I just had so much self doubt. I know. And that's going to just happen because you are creating something and putting it in the world. And I feel like an imposter. I feel well, like this is like. I think if you can say imposter, you're really not an imposter. You're just anxious. And you're, I mean, like, I think you're, you, you have. Oh, I am an imposter. I am like in this body <laughs> no, but doing I think, things that I never thought I could do. I was do. thinking about this the other day. I was reading this story about this other guy. And I think that if you say you're an imposter, it's not the same because you're not hiding. Like, you're out there talking about it. I think you have, and I think that means that you're not. Like, I'm saying. You're not because you are sitting in the truth of what you're doing. You know what I mean? It's I mean, I felt for I mean, how long have we been on the radio for the entire time? And not so much lately, probably the last five years I've gotten more comfortable. But whenever every time I used to crack open the mic, I would think, how are they letting me do this? Like, I didn't go to Brown. Let me get you. This is the other thing. This book is it's a fun project. It's not your life. You know what I mean? Like your life does not depend on this book being loved by other people. Your life will go on and as it is, as wonderfully as it is. And I feel like because it's familial, because it's our family and it's got some history and some stories and a history of this place that we all love so much. It doesn't have to resonate with anybody else. It will still mean something to my family. It is. It will. Okay, we're going to take a break, you guys. We do have the Ask Stephanie portion coming up, 651-641-1071, if you want to give us a call or give us a comment. But we are going to, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us. It is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show, gang. Give us a call, 651-641-1071. We're going to tee it off, of course, with... Brian, Brian, you're like our weekly guest. I how love you doing? it. What's going on? Hey, how's it going, everybody? Good. Great. Um, you're talking about serving size. Yeah. And a friend that would always say, one container, one serving. Oh. <laughs> Brian. Large. So even if it's my Kemp's five-gallon <laughs> bucket. bucket of ice cream. I used to be able to do a half a gallon of ice cream at a time in one sitting. So oh. one container, one serving. Okay. Oh, that feels okay. like that book, She's Come Undone by Wally Lamb, where yeah. she sits down and eats the entire pot roast. Whatever. Can do you happen. remember that scene? No. Oh, it was a beautifully written scene. And as a foodie, I just could really emulate. Thanks, Brian. Thank, Thank you. you, Brian. All right. We also have Janie on the line. Janie, you have a sourdough starter question, I think. Yeah. You know, I went and ordered that Sunrise Flower Bread Kit. So great. I talked about last week. 
Um, so I have two questions. One is, and I know you've talked about this, but where do I get sourdough starter? Honey and rye. Yeah, honey and it's rye has some. St. Louis Park. Yeah. Honey and rye. Okay. And then it came, I, I don't know if this was a mistake, but it came with two baskets. Oh. It does come with two baskets. It does. Yep. Okay. And why? Because uh, you can make two loaves of bread then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to tell you one more thing. Okay. I don't know if you remember this, but I called last winter saying I was going to do a kitchen remodel. Yeah. And I was talking about the convection microwave. Yes, yes. I remember you. Okay. I ordered it. I've been using it. It's the best thing ever. You do? You love it, huh? I love it. It's just the two of us. I mean, it's either an oven or it's a microwave. And the convection, do you like do the air frying stuff in it or what do you use it for? But most. Well, anything I would put in an oven, I can put in there because it's a small size. Yeah, I suppose that's true. And it's a convection oven. My sister will will love hearing this because I I was like, you don't don't get that. You're never going to use it. You're never going to use it. And she got it anyway. So I'll tell her. Yeah, it's, it's it's great, and then you don't have a toaster oven on your counter. Your, your counter. I love that I love idea. All right, six five one six four one one zero seven one. Thanks for Thanks, the Katie. tip. I love that. Here's a question that came in. Can sure. I read it to you? Yeah. In a couple of weeks, my twenty year old niece and I are meeting a friend at Nordic where to explore. The three of us want to go for lunch. My niece <laughs> claims she's a vegetarian. Oh wow! <laughs> she eats Caesar salads, macaroni and cheese, and some sushi. My friend is not adventuresome. Burgers with Cheese and lettuce, ribs, pulled pork, etc. If I do speak of new places in the Texatonka area, I like almost everything, especially okay. like trying new places. Where could we go? Like Golden Valley, Minnetonka. She thought of the general store cafe, but would like to try something new. Yeah, don't go that far. Um, okay, so I would tell you there's a couple things. Well, one, Revival. We keep saying yeah. that. You can just come out to Revival at the Texatonka uh, Mall, and that is just, you know, a great little place. Um, and then, and you know, fried chicken, but there's, they do have vegetarian stuff. They have great fries that are topped with like hot sauce and good things. Texas. I didn't get those, but oh I my wanted God, to. I, I have to fight myself not to get those okay, every time. Cause they were, they, what did they call them? They're, oh, they have the Tennessee, Tennessee hots. Yeah. They're Tennessee yeah. hots. Yeah. They're so good. Um, I'm also going to tell you about, uh, Hazelwood, which is over off of Excelsior. I love sort it. of, that's v- kind of very close to there. Um, and Hazelwood is a great, you know, restaurant that's popped up that was started in Minnetonka. They opened one in Bloomington and now they have one on Excelsior. And it's just kind of an, what's great is it's like, it's an all American kind of thing. Like you're going to get crab cakes. You're going to get a Caesar salad. You're going to get a Super chicken. Good they have a great burger there. Yeah. Kurt and I have been there like four times. And the other one I will tell you is yum. Go to yum. Yum. Yum right on Excelsior, Minnetonka, where those two come together. That is, to me, uh, just a really lovely... I just love yum, and I just love you can find tons of things to eat, not just cake. And she's mentioned she's gone to the General Store Cafe a lot, so she wants something new. But if you haven't gone to the General Store Cafe, it's great. It's fun. I love shopping there, and just like, they have so many good Minnesota makers and cool, fun, retro things. I haven't been there in a long, long time. Oh, I love that store. And they have a lot of kitchen things there, a lot. Yeah. There's too many towels. I'm going to make sure my cookbook's there. (laughs) I love those towels. Come on. Too many tea towels, yo. I'm all about the tea towels. Hey, listen, I just want to give a shout out to, uh, we got an actual paper letter in the mail. Love it. And I got to love it. And it's from Mary Jo Gar. And Mary Jo has told us, she's from Victoria, Minnesota, and she sent us two recipes. She says, uh, two recipes for you. Number one, the best ever pate. You may not like pate, but I promise your guests will be impressed. And number two, another pot roast recipe for you to try. We would have thought, who would have thought ginger snaps would make such a difference? 
And I got to tell you, it's looking at it. It's a ginger snap pot roast recipe. Yum. It's this is like dill pickles. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's br- what? Have you the dill pickle pot roast? Oh, okay. But I mean, like that's dill pickles and gingerbread or ginger snaps aren't. No, but it's the idea that you're making a pot roast with something unusual. Okay. Okay. I was like, couldn't Let connect. me tie it all together. Could not connect. Um, but basically you do, you know, you do your browning, you add, uh, put the water in and then you add the celery and carrots, some onions, a little bit of small potatoes, and then you add. 12 ginger snaps broken into small pieces, she says. Cook uncovered for three hours, um, and that's it. I, I can't wait to that try is. that. I know, that's totally a thing to try. Yeah, I'm going to totally do it. Because I have the dill pickle pot roast recipe on stephaniesdish.com, and that yeah. was a great recipe. You know what? I've never made pate either. Pat's, Me neither. Pat's pate starts with cognac. She adds currants, soft butter, uh, onion, chicken livers, which is what pate is made of, dry mustard, ground cloves, uh, garlic, and salt, and pepper. And I Kurt honestly, loves pate. it's all in a food. Mi- I've never made pate. I'm going to do that, too, because Kurt loves all right. it. All right. And he's always afraid to buy it because the French people put uh, he can't drink, eat wine or wine drink vinegar wine. or yeah. fermented right. things. Right. So he stopped ordering it, but he loves it. So I'm going to tell you this, you guys. Send us your recipes <laughs> We're on all paper. here for yeah, it. Yeah, I mean. 3415 University Avenue. I think it's 55102. 55114. 114 is our zip code. Here. Yeah, But great. I mean, you can look it up. And I just think it's fun to give us uh, a little bit. If you want to send us your recipes, we'll take them. And we'll put them maybe someday. Collect them together in a thing. I'll write another cookbook. Yes. All the recipes everyone's Actually, given us. Actually, you won't write it. They'll write it. Yes, and you'll write the preamble. Yeah, well, or they will. Again, with like little notes like this, Pat's Pate is the best. You'll love it. You know, <laughs> who'd have thought ginger snaps would be so great? That's the copy you want. And we could include some of ours. Yeah, but you'd have to write the pithy, yeah, like, well, cute entry. There's things. All right, you guys. Well, that was the first hour. Hopefully you enjoyed that. We do have a second hour coming up. Don't forget, we've got... You know, two things. We love our things, and we've got some... I was just looking at your list trying to decide to tell what people... I don't know. we got more stuff. Talk to an hour or two. Coming up. See you later.